Come on, One Church family, if you're excited to be alive today. While you're clapping your hands, can we welcome everyone watching online as well? It is such a joy to do life and ministry with you. If we haven't met yet, my name is Kyle. I'm honored to be on the teaching team here at One Church. And it's a joy to be in the house of the Lord today. Just look at somebody next to you and say, hey. No, you whispered it. Come on, look at them. Say, hey. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here. Come on, look behind you at somebody that looks like they like being here. Come on, come on, look for them, look for them. There they go, they're smiling. Tell them, hey! No, you're whispering again. Come on, look at them, say, hey! I'm glad you're here too. I'm glad you're here too. Absolutely. What a joy. What a joy to get a chance to uh, just be in the house of the Lord to worship together. Thank you to Fish Sticks for taking a moment to bless us today. Come on and encourage us in worship. So good. I'm thankful for Pastor Blake and Allie just opening up that space for them to be able to express their worship and inspire and encourage us this morning as well. If you're thankful for our lead pastors here, can you put your hands together and tell them how much you love them? So good. Well, let's hop into our next installment in our series called Different, because I believe that God has called us as believers and followers to live a life that is different than the culture and the world that we see around us. During this series, we've looked at a number of different topics, and uh, today we're going to talk about what it looks like to live a different life, specifically in the area of honoring authority. Y'all ready? Come on. Honoring authority. Uh, the, the writer of 1 Peter, his namesake, who commissioned it to be written, the Apostle Peter, who walked with Jesus for three and a half years during his public ministry here on planet Earth, but then he commissioned it to be penned by his assistant named Sylvanus. And we've looked uh, over the last three, four weeks at different topics and introductory topics, if you will, where Peter's invited us into a space as he's writing to believers and followers in Asia Minor, what you and I would know today as Turkey. And he's expressing to them that there are different ways that we approach our lives that are different than the culture that you see around you. But now we're about to walk into what's considered uh, the second half of First Peter. Uh, we're coming out of, if we're going to use a theatrical term, we're, we're coming out of the intermission. Uh, if we're going to use a sports term, we're coming out of the locker room after halftime. And how many know you can't lose a game in the first half? That game's got to be won in the second half. And all the Georgia fans said amen to that right there. Absolutely. Uh, so as we walk into the second half, we're going to see that Peter makes a transition, makes a transition from telling us where our hope is and who our hope is in, to now how do we flesh out this life that God has called and commissioned us to live. For a little contextual purpose, I want to look at a couple of scriptures here. First Peter chapter 2, starting at verse 11, uh, Peter says here, friends, this world is not your home, so don't make yourselves cozy in it. Don't indulge your ego at the expense of your soul. That's a great spot to pause and just say that ego is not my amigo. Just look at somebody next to you and say, hey, ego is not your amigo. Come on, you see how we flipped that right there. Hopefully they said it back to you with a little bit of oomph in it. Come on. Ego is not your amigo. Uh, Paul, uh, Peter, excuse me, says this in verse 12, live an exemplary life in your neighborhood so that your actions will refute their prejudices. 
then they'll be won over to God's side and be there to join in the celebration when he arrives. What Peter does here is he makes it very clear that there are some thoughts about the believers and followers in Asia Minor that the culture of the day is having. And they have done what humans have done from the beginning of time. They have prejudged these individuals based upon these perspectives and thoughts that they had. Because remember, although you and I, for the most part, have subscribed to the belief that Jesus came, he died, he rose again, and he's coming back again for his church, just so we're clear, to the naked eye, and the untrained ear, that sounds weird that someone died, got back up, flew up into heaven, and he's coming back for us one day. And so Peter, acknowledging this out loud, he says, hey, I know that they think that you're crazy. I know that they think that you're smoking something, but I want to encourage you that the way that you are going to win them over is not through your Facebook post. It's not through your Instagram story. It's through how you live your life. So the first thought that I love to tuck into your pocket today is that we show the world what we believe by how we behave. All right, y'all quiet. I'm going to go talk to them. Here we go. Uh, We show the world what we believe by how we behave. The difference, there we go. The difference maker is how we flesh this thing out. We can't call ourselves a believer and follower of Jesus and then treat people as less than what God called and created them to be. It's just not possible. I had a conversation with somebody recently, and they said, well, I love Jesus, but I don't like people. I said, well, I'm not sure which Jesus you met, but that's not the one that I serve. You've got to love Jesus and people, what, simultaneously. We show the world what we believe by how we behave. And then Peter, uh, he just goes ahead, and I like Peter because he just hops right into the deep end here in verse 13. He says this, Make the master proud of you by being good citizens. Respect the authorities. Right here, I always want to quote that major pain line. You will respect my authority. (laughs) Moving right along. Here we go. Whatever their level, they are God's emissaries for keeping order. It is God's will. You want to know what God's will is? Here we go. Ever have somebody ask you in your small group what God's will is? Point them right here to verse 15. It is God's will that by doing good, you might cure the ignorance of fools who think you're a danger to society. It is God's will that by doing what? Good. Come on, say it like you mean it. It's God's will that by doing what? Good. Exercise your freedom by serving God, not by breaking the rules. Treat everyone you meet with dignity. Love your spiritual family. Revere God. Respect the government. Peter just cannonballs right into the 12-foot part of the pool here uh, when he helps us to begin to understand that the way that we're going to flesh this out, first and foremost, here we go, is by respecting the authority that God has allowed to be put in place. If we're honest, in this room and watching online, all of us love authority. When we're the one in charge, <laughs> we, we love being the one that calls the shots. <laughs> 
We, we love the one that gets to sign the checks. We, we love being the one that decides where the budget is going to go and how much we're allocating to this portion of the budget. Uh, we, we all love being in charge. But the challenge is, is that all of us in one area or another find ourselves not in charge. And sometimes, maybe it's just me and that's why I'm in therapy, but sometimes the challenge we have with people is that we vehemently disagree with the decisions that they make while they are in authority over us. Sometimes we just feel people are, really spiritual word here, morons. Somebody trusts you to make a decision for me? Are you kidding me? I would never make that decision. I can't believe that you would fill in the blank. Come on, we've been through 2020. We know what we're talking about now. All of these different challenges that we're navigating in life. But, but, but Peter here is very clear that one of the key ways that we, beh- that we show people what we believe is by how we behave specifically in respecting authority. I would go on record today and say that the way that we respect authority that we disagree with shows us the Christian character or the non-Christ-like character that lives within us. And this is, here we go, because we're all human, so we're all trying to find a caveat of who we don't have to honor and who we don't have to uh, respect. But Peter's clear, it's respecting authority at every level. I'm going to say that again in the Greek. At every level. The airline stewardess that tells you you need to buckle your seatbelt, right? Okay, y'all getting real quiet. Now, here we go. You know, the, the teacher that says that you have to make sure you dot the I's and cross the T's. That the individual at the bank that says you can't deposit your business check in your personal account, whatever it is at any level. The speed limit sign that looks like a suggestion to many of us. Hello, you ever been on a road before and it says 55, but it just feels like it should be 80. Come on, come on. That might be the last time I got my speeding ticket, what I thought too. Hello. Uh, But in these moments, Peter's very clear here. Hey, respecting authority at every level is one of the how-tos that we flesh out our belief system that Jesus came, died, rose again, and provides us grace for living. He also points to the fact that, hey, in this day and in this time in which we live, Peter would say, there are a lot of people in roles of authority over you that you may not respect because of how they live their life or the decisions that they make, but God has still allowed them to be in that spot. He even uses a word in in verse 13, uh, the New International Version reads like this. It says, submit yourselves for the Lord's sake. Here we go. The word submit there, it's an awesome Greek word. I'm going to encourage you to say it with me after I say it the first time. Hupatasso. Come on, you got to lean with me. Come on. Ready? One, two, three. Hupatasso. You're not leaning. You're like hupatasso. No, no, no. Here we go. One, two, three. Hupatasso. Come on. One more time for the people in the back. One, two, three. Hupatasso. Hupatasso, it literally means to choose to stand down. 
You hit me right where it hurts today, Pete. To choose to stand down, because let's be honest, it's our human nature to stand up, to defend. You're not going to talk to me like that. (laughs) Choose to stand down, not to make myself less, not that I am less, not that I need to be a doormat for you to walk over. It's just, here we go, remembering who put that person in authority to begin with. Can we be honest in this room and watching online that people in authority abusing their authority is not new to 2022? It's been existent, in existence as long as humans have been in leadership roles. Hupatasso, though, submit to choose to stand down, a, a military term that when you recognize the authority or the office that someone else has and they're over you, you take a step back and honor and respect it. Here we go. We're going to find out who we're actually honoring when we honor those in authority. Verse 16, Scripture says, you exercise your freedom by serving who? God. True freedom is found in serving God, not in being rebellious. Biblical example for that, it's found in the book of Genesis in the Garden of Eden. What got Adam and Eve in trouble is when they choose, chose to go against the grain of the instruction that God gave. And they found themselves no longer experiencing unfiltered freedom. They now began to experience the consequences of rebellion on the flip side. This same principle is at work here where Peter says, exercise your freedom. Yeah, not by breaking rules, not not by going 75 in a 40. Treat everyone you meet with dignity. Love your spiritual family, revere God, respect the government. And let's be honest, we live in a world where we don't have to wonder what someone's opinion is. You just merely have to go to their Facebook page to find out what they've expressed. Even that one question at the very top, what are you thinking? Can I encourage somebody this week? Don't answer that. It's a trick question. In living in this world where our opinions are able to be expressed just by a few different taps on a mobile device. I just want to encourage you, as we express these opinions, I would encourage you to ask yourself this very spiritual question. What does God think about what I'm about to say? And it's not a mystery of what God is going to say. Everything is tucked where? In his word. Everything from how we respect those in authority in the educational system. Everything from how we respect those who are in managerial roles over us. Everything in how we respect the crossing guard that's trying to direct traffic to keep our kids safe. How we interact with someone at the DMV. What I think about my soccer coach. How I revere my cheer coach. Whatever it is and whomever it is, there is something that God has for us in his word. Here we go. And this is where we find freedom when we choose to lean into what's real, God's word, and not just how we feel. While feelings make great indicators, like the check engine light on the dash, they make terrible tour guides for life. 
It's often said about those who are about to die from hypothermia that right before they die, you'll see bodies with clothes taken fully off because they get so hot as the last step before death. Because sometimes what we feel is not actually what's real. But I'll tell you what is real. To resist the pressure around you and then embrace the people around you. Resist the pressure around you. The the pressure to go with the flow. The, The pressure to have to express your emotions because everybody else is expressing it in the group text about your child's teacher. The the pressure to feel like I have to say something because they need to hear what's on my mind. Pause. No, they don't. (laughs) The pressure. The pressure, here we go, that, that us as believers and followers in the church have lived in for centuries. The tension, if you will, between I live in a world, we live in a world that has a myriad of different jacked up philosophies and principles. And it's easy to lean towards either insulating from the world or imitating the world. But can I remind us today that God has called us to infiltrate the world. He's called us to be the light in the midst of darkness. He's called us to be a city set on a hill. He's called us to be salt and light. He's called us to love our neighbor in the same way that we love ourselves. He's called us to lead the way in these areas. And we can't do this if we don't resist the pressure. We also can't do this if we don't embrace the people. Embrace the people, you know, the people that drive you up the wall one side and back down the other. The people with different thought processes than you. The folks in authority that you'd rather just trip when they walk by. You ever had one of those people before? You don't want a hoop tasso, you just want a lasso. Come on. But the writer here talks about submitting. And in that submission, we, try, we find true freedom. Verse 18, you are servants. Be good servants to your masters. Not just to good masters, but also to bad ones. What counts is that you put up with it, here we go, for God's sake. When you're treated badly for no good reason. I remember uh, one time in my life, it's been more than one time, but I'll just give you one time, where I had someone in authority over me, and uh, I just thought that they were a relative of Beelzebub. That's Satan, by the way. (laughs) I remember I was working in banking at the time, and I enjoyed the experience of learning a a new side of business. And uh, it's my first experience in banking, and so I'm coming in. My eyes are open. I'm excited to be there. Man, I got my, my suit, and long as I got my suit and tie. Come on. I'm, I'm in it. I'm in it to win it. I'm like, here we go. I want to learn everything I can. And then they put me at the lowest producing branch in the region with the lowest producing manager in the region. And it didn't take long for me to figure out why this was the lowest producing branch and why he was the lowest producing manager. He was terrible. <laughs> 
Somebody's like, hey, man, back up a little bit. No, 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 for real. He would stand us up in meetings and he would tell us everything that we were doing wrong and never give us solutions for how to turn it around. His famous phrase was, we just got to work harder. We just have to grind. I'm all about working hard. I'm all about grinding. But can you give me some tools to work with, please? You ever been in a situation like that before? All right, four of you. Cool. I got four witnesses. Amen. The rest of y'all lying. Here we go. So I was in a situation and, and I, I quickly found out that this was going to be, uh, you ever been in a situation before where it's a win-win situation? Well, this one in particular was a loss-loss situation. <laughs> the branch was losing and I was going to lose. I remember asking God, I said, first of all, you ever ask God these questions like, God, why am I here? I thought you loved me. Why would you put me here? <laughs> Why would you give me him? I want to win. I want to succeed. I like winning. I like succeeding. Why am I in a failing situation? And then sometimes you run out of words with God and you just go, Ugh! <laughs> you ever have a prayer like that? Some of you need to have a prayer like that this week. You'll feel a lot better. Uh, I just had one of those prayers and I felt like the Holy Spirit nudged me in that moment. And he nudged me with the scripture out of Colossians that coincides with what Peter is expressing. It's Colossians 4 verse 5. Live wisely among those who are unbelievers and make the most of every opportunity. Every time I got a sales opportunity for a warm lead to be able to do something for the branch, that manager would come in and take it away and take the credit himself. Every time I took three steps forward, I got knocked seven steps back. I was so angry. And I had one of those moments with God where just like, oh, and God said, hey, I don't know how he talks to you, is how he talks to me. Hey, live wisely among those who are unbelievers. I won't go into details because it's not important of what his personal life was like, but he and I couldn't have been more different. And God goes, hey, live wisely. Make the most of every opportunity. Like, you'd rather cuss them out than bless them. You know what I'm saying? Maybe that's just me. You'd rather reach out and lay hands, but not in prayer. Oh, no. Mm -mm. The kingdom of heaven suffereth violence. (laughs) Quoting scripture all out of context. Come on. One morning in prayer, the Holy Spirit nudged me and said, hey, today I want you to grab a thank you card and a Starbucks gift card, and I want you to write a thank you card to this manager who's mistreating you right now. And I want you to thank them for everything you've learned from them. Can we be honest? That would have been a really good, like, backhanded thank you card. Thank you, Jimmy Fallon style. Thank you for showing me what kind of manager I never want to be. Thank you for showing me how to not handle pressure. But then Colossians speaks back, live wisely among those who are unbelievers and make the most of every opportunity. So I said, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to have this job. Thank you for the opportunity to be able to be gainfully employed and have an experience as I've had. Thank you for showing me what it's like to work under pressure. Thank you for taking time to talk to us. Now, I didn't talk about how well you was talking to us. But thank you for talking to us. Thank you for, thank you for, thank you for, and tuck the Starbucks gift card in there. And it wasn't $5 either, I can guarantee you. 
put it on his desk. He comes in 30 minutes after the branch opens, and within three minutes of being in the office, he comes to my door with almost tears in his eyes and says, thank you. In 25 years of being gainfully employed in banking, I've never had anyone write me a thank you card, and I've never had anyone express what you did in that card. He'd come by my office three more times that day to say thank you again. And 90 days later, I still lost that job. Because <laughs> for me, that was a developmental process of learning how to hupatasso, how to stand down. Not because I'm less than, not because I'm the rookie in the office, but because God wanted to develop something in me at the expense of having to take something from me. It's painful. A lot of oh, prayers, but learning how to hoop a tasso. I, I wish I could tell you that that was the last time that it ever happened in my life that I had to submit to someone who was in authority that I disagreed with, but there's been plenty more times and yet the Holy Spirit will take me right back to that spot. Do you remember how I kept you in that situation with David? I'll keep you in the next one too. Two years after I got fired from that job, the branch closed. Clearly it wasn't me. Six months after the branch closed, half of the staff that was at that branch ended up coming to my church. I don't say that to flex. I just say it to go, if I'd have snapped on him in the office like I wanted to, I'd have blew everything out of the water that God was developing. And I believe the same thing is happening for each of us in some area of our lives. That when we're mistreated, we go, God, don't you know what's going on with me? And he goes, of course, my son was wounded for your transgressions and bruised for your iniquities. And the chastisement of your peace was put on him. And by his stripes, you and I can be healed. He was subjected to an unjust death on a cross, a criminal's cross that he never belonged on. He was falsely accused in every single way. And the writer here is the guy that walked with him through that process, saw him lied on, saw him beaten, saw him crucified, denied him himself because he was afraid for his own life. He went through the whole process with the Jesus we say that we serve. He even starts saying, Peter, stuff like this in verse 20, there's no particular virtue in accepting punishment that you well deserve. But if you're treated badly for good behavior and continue in spite of it to be a good servant, that is what counts with God. This is the life. Here we go. You've been invited into the kind of life that Christ lived. He suffered everything that came his way. So you would know that it could be done and also how to do it step by step. He never did one thing wrong. Never, never, never flicked anybody the bird. Never cussed anybody out. Never, I would have called down angels from heaven like 12 different times. Come on. Y'all better be glad I'm not Jesus. Hello. No, he, he never did it. Ne not once said anything amiss. They called him every name in the book. And he said nothing back. He suffered in silence. 
This is the line that throws me for a loop. It's where we're going to park the car today. Content to let God set things right. Can we be real in this room and watching online? I feel like we've known each other well enough to know. We all like a little revenge. We all like a little vengeance. We like giving our spouse the silent treatment when they know they're wrong. We like using those manipulative phrases with our kids. I'm so disappointed in you. We just want people to hurt as bad or worse than they what? Hurt us. And for some reason, in the human mind, when those in authority hurt us, we feel like the way to get them back is to take these little small measures like breaking the speed limit or lying at the restaurant and saying that your kid is under the age of 12. He's got a beard. He's 17. (laughs) We feel justified in railing against the government when it's not the president that we would have voted for. We feel justified in how we approach different things in our community when that's not the decision that we would have made or those aren't the people that we would have chosen to be in authority over us. We, we all go through these different emotions together and the challenge is where do we reconcile these emotions that we feel? You fill in the blank of where they came from and what they are, but Peter reconciles them all for us today is that Jesus chose to, here we go, be content to let God set things right. Baby, I got to be honest with you. When I go to set things right, I set them right, but I make a mess doing it. And you do too. But when God sets them right, it's truly set forever. When God sets them right, and you don't react, but you respond the way that he leads you to through his word, It destroys you internally, but God rebuilds you by his spirit to look more like him. When we're content to let God set things right, we'll begin to see people, here we go, the way that God does. How do you know this? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego left out to dry because they would not bow, but God would not let them burn as a result. And the nation was changed because these three said that we will take a stand, but we're not taking a stand to try to prove something to anybody. We're just taking a stand because we're content that our God will do what only he can. Man, we live in a world that's torn apart by a lack of honor in many cases. Submission, hupatasso. Nobody wants to stand down. Everybody wants to stand up. Stand up to be seen, speak loud to be heard. You're going to know what's on my mind. What if the next time we were tempted to do that, instead of expressing what was on our minds, we just expressed the mind of Christ? Who Paul says in Philippians 1, thought of himself as having no reputation and humbled himself, Hupatasso, to the cross. Because of this, God has given him a name that is above every name. So you fill in the name of the authority figure that drives you crazy. And Jesus' name is still above them. It takes courage 
It takes humility. It just takes a group of people that are determined to be different. But can I encourage you? God has already done the heavy lifting and you've already chosen to believe that someone got up from the dead. The hard part is done. Now we walk in the new life that he gives us. And whom the sun sets free, when we live according to that freedom, is what? Free indeed. Do you, do you believe that this morning, church family? No, do you really believe that with everything on the inside of you? Absolutely. Would you take a moment and just stand to your feet? I want to pray for you, and then we're going to walk back into a moment of worship. Jesus, thank you so much that your word is true, your word is powerful, and because you were content to let God handle it and set things straight, we choose in this moment to be content that he is in control and that he will set things straight as well. I pray for every individual in this room and watching online that's just wrestling with some area honoring and submitting to authority. By your spirit, give us courage, the ability to do what's best, even though it's easier to do what's not. Give us strength. Not by might, nor by power, but by your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen? Amen. Amen. Come on, can we give God one big praise? I love it. I love it. Our team is about to lead us in worship today, and as they do, I want to encourage you, maybe just lift one or both of your hands right now, and let's just invite the Holy Spirit to give us the strength, the courage, and the ability we will need this week to flesh this out. Amen? Come on, let's lift those hands together. Let's worship Him today.